0: today saints let's not come into agreement with the natural those things we hear and see let's come into agreement with the supernatural power of Jesus Christ through faith not only for salvation but for healing for restoration for financial breakthrough for that job that you need for that family restoration for every relationship that you have an issue with allow the father to restore that through his love father we thank you that there is nothing no exception to your acceptance father we're accepted because we're your children your love is so amazing Just drink in peace right now. Drink in the peace right now from the Father. Connect with Him on a way that you haven't connected in a long time. Abba means Daddy. Just that loving Daddy of a Father that we have.
1: Abba.
0: haven't done communion yet come up and take the time to connect with him in communion
1: i to you
0: Sin glorify your name, Lord. You are king of the heavens and the earth. There is no dispute, Lord. And so we thank you for everything that you've done for us, God. We thank you for the total acceptance we have in you. Father, we thank you that we can raise a hallelujah in the middle of our crisis, God, and you will respond. We thank you for the angels, Lord, that are here, that gather with us, that worship with us, that accompany us every day on our journey here on earth and father we thank you for those in our midst who have come into the cloud of witnesses lord this past week god we just thank you father for their homecoming we thank you for we rejoice god in their progression into the heavenly kingdom father we bless your name and we thank you in jesus name and everybody said amen Amen. Thank you, worship team. Hallelujah. Woo! Welcome to Harvest. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is doing a new thing. Amen? Amen. And we can participate with them here in the midst. Who do I pass this off to for now? nice because you can just walk to the middle of the room here, you know, feel like an ice skating rink.
2: Thank you, David. All right. Let me get this down here for Pastor Rifle. Okay. Man, I'll tell you what, a powerful time. A powerful time of gathering together this morning. I mean, it was just like heaven has just invaded this place. And you know, that's our desire, right? That's our desire that heaven comes and just invades our hearts and our lives. So, I just want to say thank you for coming out again today, this morning. Looking forward to a great time in the Word with Pastor Rifle this morning. Uh. I also want to say thank you for those who signed up last week for the uh, Christmas tree church decorating party. I gave a, an appeal last week for people to come out and to uh, be a part of that this afternoon after the service today. We had a tremendous amount of people that signed up. Usually it's kind of hard to get people to do that because of so many other commitments, but I think we had like 20 people to sign up and I know that Jill, Jill, would you stand for just a minute? Would you mind standing, please? Thank you. Yes, thank you. Jill will be heading that up to this afternoon. Some of you who might have signed up and don't know her, that's who she is. She's done a great job. Last year she did it, and it was just a great time of just coming in and seeing the beauty of what her and her team had did. But this year, this, this afternoon, we're going to do that again. A tree will be set up, and decorations will be set uh, I hung on the tree, and we're just going to have a great time together. Uh, also, this afternoon, there's a men's meeting. Last week, I brought that to you as well. It's going to be a, a men's meeting for all the men. The reason for that is, is we're entering into the year 2020, and we need to have all the men to be able to come together and begin to brainstorm about what you would like to see take place among the men in this upcoming year. You know, it's... It, as, as we know it, it's hard to get men together. Women, they love to get together. They can do it. It's a hard challenge for us to get together. I was sitting there with my wife at dinner the other night. And we were talking about how men talk. And well, I'll say, Hey, how are you doing? Fine. Ask the woman, How are you doing? Fine. Oh, fine. What does that mean? And then they get into this long dialogue of what fine looks like and what it really means, you know. What, where do you work? Oh, I'll work at the school. Oh, girls and the ladies, they'll go, Oh, school. What school? And what class? And how long have you been to, you know? So, men, we're like trying to trudge through getting together, number one, and then getting us to talk. I mean, that is crazy. It's crazy, you know. Uh, so, men, this afternoon, right after the service, let's get together. We'll be downstairs, of course. Wayman will be heading that up. And so, we'll just get together and kind of brainstorm about what you would like to see happen this year. Okay. All right, church Christmas dinner coming up the fourteenth of this month, from four to six, and so just want to ask that, that as I hand out these uh, these uh, clipboards with the sign up sheets, we are needing to get a count because the church will be providing the food, the 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 meats. Last week we need to just. Uh, Get more names on these clipboards, because last week we didn't have a great response, and we need to know how much we need to bring and how much we need to provide for you as we come together. So as I hand these out, please pass them all the way around. Sometimes they just kind of stop, one of them, stop, and they find them halfway on on one of the chairs, and people don't get to sign up. So if you could do that, that would be great. Uh, And then, of course, we have the Christmas Eve candlelight service, December the 24th at 6 o'clock. So, looking forward to spending more time and closing out the year with each other. So, and the last thing is, I want to know, we, we, we have a lot of new people here today uh, that have come for the first time. If you are here and you did not receive a blue bag as you entered in, please lift up your hand. Blue bag. Anyone? Anyone? All right. So, that's great. Okay. Thank you for doing such a good job with that. She was doing the table, doing the bags. Doing everything today. You know, it's like, i seen her in the corner, then i seen her over in this corner. You know, I was like, what's going on here, you yeah. know? So anyway, thank you, thank you, thank you. And let's enjoy the rest of the service. Pastor Rifle.
3: Good morning, everybody probably keep this here. I might, I might stroll a little down there later. This is all new. My neurological pathway is not set for this yet, so give me some time to get there. Okay, so um, I hope I get across today what, what is in my heart and what I want to, want to get across. Um, Paul said men have a problem speaking, but if you put a mic in my hand and give me a Bible, I can do that. That's not a problem. I'll speak. So 45 minutes, let's see. I'm going to take a little bit of, of the last month's sermons. About four weeks ago, I I spoke, then Brett spoke, then we had Danielle speaking, then we had Arun, and then last week, Pastor Doug and Miss Cindy as well. So I'm going to incorporate a little bit out of every single one of those teachings or sermons and, and try and get... Get it into today, but uh, woke up to an email, not an email, a, a text, an SMS this morning, and my mom was saying, I remember so vividly this day 48 years ago when you were born. Thank you. So there's my mom over there and I replied and I said, I'm also so grateful I do not remember the day that I was born. After being there when Nathan was born and seeing that whole experience, I'm glad the Lord makes our minds awaken after that. You know, just it's it's an horrific ordeal in any case. So but 19 years ago today um, in South Africa, I got out of the hospital and just being diagnosed with MS. And it was not a good diagnosis. It was just basically a death. A death pool waiting to happen. And I was sitting at home and I remember going to the hospital. And driving in a car. It was a windy road from our house to the hospital. And it wasn't very far. And I remember asking the question. I asked my mother, is it worth having children? Because I was costing so much money with this disease, we were battling financially. My brother was causing so much havoc at home. It was just chaos. And now to throw this in that this is the prognosis of what my future will look like and what my parents will have to do for me, how it's going to be. I was just really wondering, you know, and I asked her, is it worth having children? Is it worth having kids? And obviously my mom being my mom, you know, what a ridiculous question, of course, you know so on and so forth. But this morning in prayer, the the Lord brought something to my mind that if I had taken my life then like I had planned, my mom and dad would not be in America right now. That's an amazing thought. If I had gone through with what I was planning to do then, my mom and dad would still be stuck in South Africa. And just I'm saying that for someone here, don't think that the now, today, is is your end or today is what's determining the rest of your life. You can make a choice and a, a decision today, right now, that 20 years from now you will look back and say, if I didn't make that choice, you know how different life would have been? And my mom is here now looking after grandkids and allowing myself and Nicole, my sister, to do what we were called to do. And she's loving it, looking after the kids. My dad is here serving in a ministry. It's just the plan of God. But if I had taken the wrong step 19 years ago, none of this would have been been possible. So make the right choice. Make the right decision. Because you never know 19, 20 years from now when you look back how different life would have been. Maybe two or three weeks ago, I can't remember how long ago, it was a Richmond marathon. I ran the half marathon. I'm, I'm 48 today, so I'm 47 years old, I'm running the half marathon. It's freezing cold outside. It's 30-something degrees, the wind is howling, and amongst those 20,000-plus runners and so many supporters, in amongst all of those, there's my mom and my dad in a 30-degree weather standing next to the road cheering me on. How amazing is that? Because if I made the wrong decision 20 years ago, that would never have happened. So make the right decision. Believe God. <laughs> right. So uh, this week was also really, I don't know, a pretty rough week. Um, my mom and I had the privilege to go and see Mr. Tunney. Just, just, just before he passed into the next life, we went there and spent some time with him, and sat in his room and chatted with him. And then on Monday, I got to go and see Jim, which was amazing. So he was in his in his room at the hospital, and he had his. It was a purple blanket, and it said miracles on it. And I was just saying to him, "That's amazing, because he's from Minnesota, and the Vikings they purple. So this this all goes together. And even in the room while we were there, we just started. I started speaking about. Even Jim in his mortal fleshly body was so close to Jesus. He had such an amazing relationship with Jesus. And over the years that I've known him, he was telling me so many stories about what happened in Minnesota. And his walk with God and the, his hippie years and all of those things and how he got to know Jesus. And he was so amazing. And while we were in hospital, we were just chatting and there's scriptures on the wall and the nurses come in. And, you know, it, it was just good. And then Alicia told me another story about Jim. When in Minnesota once, he didn't close the gate properly. I might be telling it wrong, but this is the gist of the story. And the cow came out and ate up all the vegetables that they planted. And in Minnesota, you don't have a lot of time to plant because of the snow in the winter. So he was so angry, so he grabbed a plank, a two-by-four, and he was going to hit this cow because the cow ate the vegetables. And the Holy Spirit said to him, don't dare doing that. It's your fault if you had closed the gate that cow would not have gone out. Do not strike that animal. And Jim had to like take a vegetable and try get the cow back into the... But he obeyed. He didn't do it. But just there's another story about Jim and just how close he was to Holy Spirit and his life with God. So we celebrate him. And now the cloud of witnesses, man, it's just so amazing how, how much more powerful they are to... And Reinhard Bonka. Hey, yeah. So the cloud has grown and they're they doing well. They're doing good. But then on Wednesday, um, I'm the chaplain at Ford Trucking Motor Company, one of the young technicians there. Last week, Thursday, he's in his 20s. His wife started feeling dizzy and had a serious headache. Friday, they went to the doctor, discovered a huge tumor on her brain, operated on Sunday. Monday, she was brain dead. And I went in Wednesday. And uh, while I was there, she passed away. It was very sad because she's 27, little girl, little daughter, little baby, and uh, when I walked in there, he just jumped on me, and he just said, "Come in, come pray, come pray, come pray," and I praise God that when I walked into the room, I wasn't bothered by the pipes in her because they were keeping her alive. None of that bothered me. I I really believe that if I pray, she would, she would be well, I believe that, and I praise God for having that confidence going in there, because people are crying, it's just horrible, and in any case, so long story short, while I'm there, she passes, and I leave, and I'm standing at the lift, waiting for the lift to come up, it's on the seventh floor, that, that, that's a horrible floor, in a St. Mary's hospital, because there were some big men that went in there, and, and were crying badly when they left, so I Pushed the button for the lift to come down, and his best friend came to me, and he said, he said, I, I, I don't know, thank you so much for coming, you know, Dave and the family really appreciate it, I don't know how you do what you do, I don't know how you do this, and you know, he's angry, he's sad, you know, those emotions, those raw emotions when something like this happens, and, and one of the sad things is both grandparents on both sides were there, Both grandparents, both sides, and this 27-year-old young mother passes. And they're asking why and how can this happen. And you sit and you try and talk and so And He just came out and he said, I have no idea how you do this. How do you do your job? How is it possible that you can even be here and do this? And this is what you do all the time. So that got me thinking. Uh, Maybe my birthday got me thinking. There's a lot of things that got me thinking this week. And leaving there, going home to to my amazing son and my amazing wife, I started thinking again about my why. And in preparing this message, I'm thinking about the why of Harvest Renewal Church. And I'm a believer, if your why doesn't make you cry, You don't know what you're doing. You're doing the wrong thing. That's just me. It's my, it's it's an opinion, so throw it away. It doesn't matter. It's what I believe. If your why does not make you cry, you're doing the wrong thing. But if you understand your reason for being here, why are you who you are, where you are, what you're supposed to do, and that doesn't move you to tears, there's something wrong. So I was rethinking my why, why am I here, why am I born, why here at Harvest, what are we doing as a church, just revisiting the why of me, the the why of us. So I want to get into that a little bit today, why are we here and why do we do the things that we do? I want us to look today at a very different way of, the normal way of, of looking at things remember a couple of weeks ago, Brett was talking and he spoke about, we sang the song, uh, so it, it's very fitting about the younger and the older brother in the parable of the, the prodigal son. And Brett was saying, only when the son sat down and they became merry, Brett said that that was the true repentance in that moment. Before that, it wasn't repentance. Because when we talk about repentance, what is repentance? Feeling sad, you know, turning around, doing that. But as soon as he sat down and his mind went to the penthouse to see how God sees to the level from where God looks from, as soon as he was there, the Bible says, and they were merry. So before that, I mean, if you read the story, he went home because he was hungry. He's sitting with the pigs looking at that food, wondering, my goodness, what am I doing here And the Bible says he he came to his senses. Then he went home and they had this argument. He's, I'm a sinner. I don't belong here. And the father doesn't want to hear any of that. Takes him inside. But when they begin to eat, they were merry. That's true repentance. And I think we look at certain things, certain words with the wrong perspective. And because you believe wrong, you live wrong. I'm not you. I'm saying because we believe wrong, we live wrong. I'm not But we have a wrong concept, a wrong idea, and I've done so many teachings on this before that if you don't see truth, you can't live truth. And so many times we walk out a lie thinking it's the truth, and then when the truth comes, we push it aside and we come against that because that's so foreign to us. It's not what we've been taught. It's not our paradigm, so that can't be right, and we continue in the lie. So we want to look at that today. Ephesians chapter 4, very famous and familiar scripture. And he himself, uh, this is verse 11, he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, some teachers. For the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Until we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love, may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body joint and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. So there is so much in here. But just for this teaching, whatever you want to call this today. It says two places here that we grow up into the fullness of Christ, into the fullness of Him. So when we sometimes look at, we look at other churches and we look at other people, and it's good because we can see fruit and we can learn and so, but we are not called to be like any other man. As difficult as that may seem, we are called to be like Christ, Christ-like. What are we called? Disciples. What does it mean? A follower of Christ. A Christ-ian, Christian. We are to be like Him. So me walking into that room, I, I believed that if I prayed for her, this lady would return to us and she would be good. But it didn't happen. So that proves to me one thing I didn't believe. I didn't have faith. And I can stand here and say, "I had faith, I believed, I laid my hands, I. But Jesus says, when you speak to the mountain, and you believe in your heart, that whatever you say, that mountain's going to move." So when I left, I had to go home and, and get quiet and say, "You know what? I really thought I believed." I did. I did. I stood there. I prayed. I mean, they crying. I'm rebuking fear. I'm people are coming while she's breathing, while she's there. Do you do trauma? Do you do counseling because I'm like she's still here. Why would you? But when I left, she was not with us anymore. So I believed, but I didn't believe. If that makes sense. So I got to look in the mirror and I got to look at my life and where where is there a disconnect between what I believe in here? And the reality of, because if Jesus was in that room, you know what? She would have walked out. Who am I to be like? Jesus. Not Reinhard Bonker, not Joyce Myers, not Dave uh, Stanley, Stanley, whoever. It, Jesus is the one. This is what this word says. And we grow up into the fullness of Christ, He's the standard. So until we get there and Holy Spirit is helping us and we've now, we're doing new things here because he wants us to go to the next level. He wants us to be one with him and walk out our oneness, keep on living from heaven down, not the other way around. We have a new opportunity to grow here. So when I left that place, I was thinking about, okay, somewhere I didn't know any, you know, uh, there's something I'm missing here. But this part of scripture here twice, it says we grow into the fullness of him. And then it says here, very important, it says, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith. And I think what we have done many, many times is we have changed that word faith for doctrine. Until we all come into the unity of doctrine. And now we follow doctrine instead of faith. That is huge. And because our doctrine says this, this is what we believe. This is what we can expect. This is what we can have. You can't believe that. You can't have that. You can't do that. Yet Christ did it all the time. But because we've come into the unity of doctrine, and not of faith, we're lacking and we're missing out. And we need to be able to stand and look in the mirror and say, are we one that is going after, pursuing doctrine, good ideas, rules, regulations, laws, standards, or are we pursuing Christ and everything he is and to grow up into the fullness of him? In the book of Acts, everything was going well for a, a, I don't know how many years, if you can say a short amount of time. But there they are in the upper room. Jesus says, tarry there till the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you'll receive power. And these people are in the upper room, and the Bible is very, very clear, very certain, and it's very, very important, otherwise it wouldn't be there. They were all in one accord, because we look at the scripture just now that says, a house divided against itself shall not stand. So you have all of these people in the upper room obeying the words of Jesus, yet they are in one accord, all together there for the same reason, looking for the same outlook, believing for the same thing in one accord. And the Holy Spirit comes and they start speaking in tongues. And and things just start happening. I mean, Peter starts preaching. People get saved. Shadows heal people. Isn't that amazing? It's phenomenal. And this is the church. And it's going well. And it's going well. And then somewhere along the way, I don't know where, I don't know when, I don't know how, somebody must have come along and said, you know what? We're going to change this. This is not working. We, we This praying in tongues, not of God. It's passed away. That was for the first church. We don't need it anymore. So we're going to put another rule and a regulation in the gospel of Christ so that what we do is not the same as what the first church was doing, not getting the same results, and now our little group that breaks away believes that we don't speak in tongues. We're not doing that anymore. It's not for us. It was for days of past. We're done with that. And another group comes and they says, Well, you know what, that, that was working well, but now we're not gonna go into the water anymore. For whatever reason, we're just gonna take water and, and, and put it on your forehead. And we'll sprinkle. And that's gonna be our way of doing it. And another group comes and they say, Well, you know, let's put in another law and another rule. This day that you gather on, we're we going we gonna to meet on this day because that day is not. And another group comes and they says, well, there's only one person that can forgive sins and you need to go to him. And only he can bring the word. Not everyone can hear from God. And we, and we move away and we move away. And we have so many doctrines. Yet we all come together on a Sunday doesn't matter what doctrine you are, what church you are, where you are. In different countries, and we come to church, we have our coffee, we chat, we have a bit of worship, and our worship is phenomenal. Have a couple of bulletins and a couple of announcements, have the word, go home. See you next Sunday. And next Sunday around the world, we all come together again with our different ways of doing it, but we have our coffee, we have our worship, we talk, we have the, and we go home. And that's not the fullness of Christ. So somewhere we, the body, is missing it. So we have to take a close look at where the body is missing it. Is our doctrine lining up with everything Jesus said? Is our doctrine lining up with the word? Does our doctrine believe the Bible? Do we believe what the Bible says? Because that's a, I, I believe, I mean, this is, this is yes, from Genesis, uh, this, this is a word. And then you talk to somebody about something, and it's in the scripture, and they're like, oh, you've got to be careful about that. Those people who do that, oh, no, let me tell you this, and that's evil and wicked, and, and, and yet Okay, well, explain to me, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go through Scripture after Scripture. I, I want us to see our paradigm, what we believe and why we believe it. Explain to me this Scripture. Well, uh, no. Unity of doctrine. And when you are scared of meditation and you are scared of traveling in the spirit and you are scared of speaking to people that have... Po- you are afraid of angels bringing you message, yet it's all in the Word... Why is it not happening more amongst us? Because it did happen in the word all the time with Jesus, the disciples, the prophets, all of those people. And yet today we are so many times told to be scared of that. Stay away from those people. So do we believe the word? Do we believe what is in the word? Do we believe that it can be for us today in 2019 here in the city of Richmond? Or was that also just maybe for then, or Holy Spirit didn't pick us, or the love of God is better over there than it is here? What, 101 reasons when we start discussing this. Wonderful theological discussion. Nice to sit down and talk about, talk about, talk about. David, the, the, the week that Daniel spoke, he, he, he did the announce, not the announcements, the crossover, changeover. And he said that is so important. He said we need more encounter. Because when you encounter, you are changed. Theory doesn't change you. Your mind learning about stuff doesn't change you. But when you encounter something, you are changed. You cannot argue with fruit. You can talk about theology all day long till everyone is blue in the face and that's not going to change anything because we all go back to our theology and what we believe and our house and this is what we do and nothing's changed. But man, let me tell you when you come into a room and Holy Spirit walks in and someone walks out with golden teeth. <laughs> what is your argument? How do you fight? How do you go against that? But now, the enemy is everywhere. For something to be a lie, there has to be a truth in line with that. And now when you, I tell some people, I say, this is what the Holy Spirit, this is what we, well, you know what the Bible says, the angel can disguise himself as, a, a devil can disguise himself as an angel and and. Okay, don't come to our meetings in because we believe for gold teeth. So you can, you can. Go to the Word. You can find anything. But do we really, 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 how much do we believe in our oneness? How much do we believe we are seated in heavenly places in Him right now? We have everything that is made available to us. It's ours. It was given to us on the cross. So, so in the book of Acts, everything is going well, and then someone comes and they make little other rules. And and, and even in the Bible, when you're reading Galatians, when Paul and Peter, in the book of Galatians... Thank you so much. That's wonderful. Thank you. I appreciate that, Jackie. Jackie's cheering me on from the sidelines here. Thank you. Thank you. So, Peter comes and he's eating with the Jews, and now he's not going to sit with the... And Paul says, listen, what are you doing here? When the Jewish people came from James, Jerusalem, then you sat with those people and you ate. But now when the the circumcised come, you don't want to sit and eat with them. And he says, I withstood him to his face for being a hypocrite. That's first church, beginning. So even then it was kind of, our doctrine is, okay, when these people come, we'll sit here and we'll do this. When those people are not here, we can do this. No, Jesus is here all the time. What can you do when he's here or not? If Jesus were here, could we sit and eat with him? Yes or no? Would Jesus sit here and eat? Yes or no? Would Jesus go to that place? Would Jesus talk to that lady on the corner of the street? Would, if it's a yes, then go ahead and do it. Yeah. If it's a no, then he wouldn't do it. Then he's telling you not to do it. But so many times, Jesus would do something, but for some or other reason, yes. we're not going to do it. So, are we all good? It's a good, it's a happy birthday today. It's good. We're all good. (laughs) Let me ask you this. How powerful, and who said it before today? It was said today that the Word of God is sharper than any church. Did we say that? Who said that we say that? Pastor Doug. How powerful is the Word of God? That's a question to you. Is the Word of God Powerful. Do we believe it's amazing? Do we believe it can change things? Sharper than any two-edged sword? Dividing asunder soul, spirit, marrow, bone, blah, all, all that good stuff. Sword, pick it out, chop, 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 word of God. Yes, powerful. Uh, Mark chapter 4, where is it? Mark, Mark 7. We'll go through this, but Mark 7 verse 13. How powerful is the word of God? Everything we just said. I believe this is Jesus speaking. Making the word of God of no effect. Through what? Traditions of men. Bam. How powerful is the word of God? Oh, word of God, word of God, word of God. Jesus says you make the word of God, which is so powerful, to no effect. Through your traditions, what do we believe? That's not the tradition of Christ. What do we we believe? What are we walking in that Christ wouldn't walk in? What are we believing to be able to say? Well, you know, that's not for me. Oh, I can't do that. Or I've been now three, four years. The Lord had me on a journey. Has me on a journey on the mind, and it's amazing how the mind works. It's amazing. And I get into trouble, people say I preach too much on the mind and so on. But I can tell you, if in your mind you say you can't do something, that's gone. It's done. It's over. You won't do it. The simplest explanation of best way is Henry Ford saying whether you say you can or you can't, you are right. End of discussion. Because as soon as you say I can't, your mind literally shuts off. That's the way the brain works. Not good with names, can't remember numbers. As soon as you go, try and remember a name or a number, the brain shuts off and it says, you can't do this, don't even go there. So I can't pray for people to be healed. I can't see golden teeth. I can't lay hands. I can't, the brain's like, okay, shut off, shut off, shut off. Spirit is just as he is, Miss Cindy last week, as he is, so are we. And does the Bible not say we have the mind of Christ? Do you realize that the mind of Christ refused to give any attention to lack or death? No acknowledgement. Zero. Except for one time in in, in the Bible that I believe. Other than that, death was not there. Lack was not there. He did not give any energy. Can I use that word in church? Okay. (laughs) He did not give any energy. Any vibrational agreement? Oh, can I use that? Yeah. <laughs> With lack, and we have the same mind as Christ. So when Jairus' daughter is dead, people are howling. They're crying old covenant. They, uh, those days they get a party to come and cry, and it was all wailing. And Jesus walks in, and he says, "She's sleeping." And they mock him. Are you willing to be mocked for your beliefs? Are you willing to go against the grain no matter what? Because that's the only way you're going to get what Jesus got. And he says, Listen, put these people out. And he goes in with his closest disciples. She wakes up. He's like, Feed her. <laughs> Feed her. She's hungry. Did not acknowledge the fact. Lazarus, stinking, decomposing, flesh falling off the bones. Saying to his disciples, let us go. Our friend is asleep. And they're, okay, let's go wake him up. Let's go wake him up. And he, one time in the Bible, says to the because of these people who just don't get it, okay, he's dead, but let's go. Other than that, he didn't pay attention to that. Did not give any thought, taking every thought captive that would come against. Peter, you need tax. Well, I, I, I don't really have, a, I have a lack of money. Okay, go, there's a fish with money in its mouth. 3,000, 5,000 people following him, three days, nothing to eat. Disciples, oh Jesus, these people have followed you. It's dark, it's dangerous. Let's do the right thing because of our love for our fellow man. Chase them, send them home, send them home. Jesus, okay, you feed them. Oh, well, we only have. He did not acknowledge lack. It's as if just didn't. I I, I did a lot of drugs in my day. And sometimes when people speak to someone who's high, Jesus was kind of like the same, just didn't, was not there was not on the same wavelength. We only have 200. How are we going to feed these people? That's okay. You feed them. No, you didn't understand the question, Jesus. Jesus like, no, you didn't understand the answer. (laughs) And we have the mind of Christ. Are we using it? Are we using it? I'm looking in the mirror every day. I'm not talking to anyone here but myself. I'm looking in the mirror. Am I using the mind of Christ? Is the Holy Spirit that helped or did or was on Jesus like a dove, a spirit of wisdom and understanding, counsel, might, knowledge, and the fear of the Lord? That's ours now. It indwells us. It's on the inside of us. Does that have more power in us? Or the mindset of look at the five physical senses and what's happening around us, and that dictates what we can, what we can't do, what we believe, and what we don't believe? Or do we go by greater is he that dwells in us than he that's in the world? Or does the world still have that pull on us? We have the mind of Christ. So that whole thing there, yeah, uh, Mark 7, remember we're talking about people making rules and regulations? Mark 7, verse 5. Then the Pharisees and scribes asked him, Why do your disciples not walk according to the tradition of the elders, but eat bread with unwashed hands? Tradition of the elders. Got to wash your hands before you eat, otherwise you'll be dirty. And now they are so hung up on people washing hands, they're missing. God himself in the flesh, healing, delivering, walking, prospering people there because they're looking at dirty hands. Are we looking at dirty hands or are we focusing on the son of God with a spirit in each and every one of us to be able to bring forth golden teeth, make clocks change, time disappear, do all of these things or what are we focusing on? So we won't read all of that, but Jesus says through your traditions and Obeying the laws of men, you make the word of absolutely no power. So, in your mind, I'm going to just mention a couple of things. What comes to your mind? And I've done this before, but I I want to go to Scripture now because we're going to pick it up a notch here. We're going to go a little bit deeper. What comes to your mind? Can you remember a while ago that Sunday Danielle spoke? She said... Jesus was in front of me, and he was just going in and out, in and out, over and over, a day in, day out, saying, I'm in you, you in me, I'm in you. Can you remember what she said, why the reason was for that? Anybody? Anybody? There we go. Thank you. To change her neurological pathway. She's not here now, so, but... She said, even when I went to university, I did party. It's not that I never went to party, but I knew that he was my Abba. Because of the neurological pathway that I'm in you, you're in me. I'm in you, you're in me. I'm in you, we are one. So now when we hear certain things here, what comes to your mind? Um, As I say, when people talk about meditation... Eastern religions have taken this over, and people are doing funky and weird things with meditation, and do you believe that meditation is good and meditation is for us? What comes to your mind when you think of meditation? Have you ever done it? When you did it, did you do it right? Are you good at it, or are you really bad? And we have all of these ideas, and we have things that we believe, and paradigms that control us concerning these things. Yet in Genesis 24... Verse 62, now Isaac came from the way of Beelahai Roy, where he dwelt in the south. And Isaac went out to meditate. This is Genesis, the book of beginnings. Isaac went out to meditate in the field in the evening. quiet place, the field, in the evening after all the work has been done, he goes and he meditates. And while he is meditating, what happens? Along comes his wife. While he's busy meditating, what do you think it was? Is it possible that he was meditating on his wife? Is it possible? I'm not saying it was. You can't say it wasn't. But I'm saying, is it possible that he was thinking about his wife? and how he was going to get married, and the promises that God had for him, and everything his daddy told him about. So, meditation. David, may the meditations of my heart be acceptable. I meditate in your laws all day night. Paul says, meditate on these things, yet, In our subconscious mind, in our paradigm, when we hear meditation many, many times, we have a way of thinking of what meditation truly is. In Eastern religions, and they do this, and you sit in this position, hum, and you've got all these funny things on your forehead. (laughs) Therefore, we just skip it. But it's in the Word of God. Let me see the next one here. Seeing family members that have passed away. We have people here that have done that and seen family members. Cat Kerr come to theirs. Ooh, there's another Cat Kerr, man. You belong to that. Ooh, man. <laughs> seen people, brought back testimony from heaven. Yet in the Word, when Jesus goes up onto the Mount of Transfiguration, in the Word, in the Bible, Jesus experiences this. Who is there on the Mount? The Law and the Prophets. They are there. Having been taken out of the fleshly realm thousands of years before, there they are. Yet you'll hear people where you, you, saw, you saw your great, oh, oh, geez, no stay away from that. So do you believe that a loved one can come and say something or just show themselves to you or maybe give you advice? Is it possible? It's in the word. I'm just saying it's in the word. It's all I'm saying. Another one, I, I, I have a list this long about things. This is just amazing what is in here. Um, being translated from one place to another. These people at Astro Travel, stay away from them. Because you go out your body, your body moves. You go, I mean, there are, oh my goodness, there are so many. Now, I'm not saying that there is a danger to these things because of what people have taken of the truth and twisted it, okay? But did not David read today from Colossians that Jesus made everything? He falls all in all. All things were made by him unto him. So why would we be scared if other people are taking and twisting the truth so that we're not going to be a part of that? I can remember just when I got saved, university, just saved, and I heard about this guy. He just believed he needed to go to Germany. Didn't have money, didn't have a ticket, long story. So believes Holy Spirit tells him to go to the airport, doesn't have money. This is, he doesn't have a visa, doesn't have anything. Goes to the airport, walks into the bathroom at the airport. When he goes out of the bathroom, he is in the airport in Germany. And that was just so amazing for me. That was wonderful until I told other Christians, and they told me, stay away from that. Don't go there. That is so demonic. That is, put the fear of God, small God, in me. To, to, okay, when someone talks about that, run. Run for the hills. But if we read in the Word how many times this happened, that it's truth in the Word, Man, let me, 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 44. Then it came to pass the seventh time that he said, there is a cloud as small as a man's hand rising out of the sea. Because of time's sake, we know the story. Now it happened in the meantime that the sky became black with clouds and wind, and there was a heavy rain. So Ahab rode away and went to Jezreel. Now Ahab, buddies with Who? Do you think he had sick horses, horses with three legs, uh, the worst absolute just deadbeats, or do you think he had the top of the range? Top of the range. There was nothing, there was no three-legged horses that he was riding on, and he had good horses, good chariots. So he took away, then the hand of the Lord came upon Elijah. You see, it's through God that we do all of this. No other way. But through God, we can do it. Because all things are possible to who? To him who believes. Do you believe this is the word of God? Wonderful. Then the hand of the Lord came upon Elijah. I have no idea what this means. He girded up his loins. I'm just guessing he was on your marks, get set. He, he, he got ready. But the hand of the Lord came upon him, and he ran ahead of Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. He has a man like you and me, and this Ahab with the best horses and chariots goes to Jezreel, and this man outruns the chariots, because the hand of the Lord is upon him. Is that for you and I today? Most certainly. Do we believe it? If we don't, we're going to start believing. Because God, I believe, is giving us an opportunity. He's leading us into something that we've never seen. That's our why for this house, is to do what has previously said to be impossible. You can't do it. You can't have it. Don't believe for that. That's not for now. It's not. And no, it's all for us. If it's in the Word and it's God doing us, why would we not believe that we can do it today? Jesus on the boat. Does it not say the disciples were scared he got in the boat the next moment they were on shore? Jesus. So they're just people, that, the Ethiopian in the desert. Desert, what makes a desert a desert? No water. So he's reading, who's it? Philip comes to him. He says, what are you reading? Because the angel said, go there. Angels talk. That's another thing. Oh, do not talk to angels. (laughs) You have a discussion with an angel, you demon possessed, They are all, yet it's in the word. The angel, not angel, capital, an angel, an angel. One of the angels came to him and told him where to go and what to do. The angel is discussing, saying things to him. So he comes to this guy. He says, what are you reading? I'm reading this. I have no idea what it means. He explains to him. And this Ethiopian says, well, by golly, why can't I be baptized right here, right now? That's a problem because where are you? In the desert. What makes a desert a desert? No water. And lo and behold... Just where they find themselves, there is a pool of water in the desert. Ta-da! He gets baptized, and what happens to the guy who brought the message? Gone. No more. Went there, did what he had to do, and gone to the next place. New covenant, normal man like you and me, why can't we believe? Why can't that be us? Why can't there be someone sick somewhere and you've got to go lay hands on it? Well, you can't. Traffic, it's 5 o'clock in the afternoon. Okay, let's get quiet. We need to go and lay hands on that person. Why not? Why not? All things are possible to him who believes. And you and I need a paradigm shift. Because we've been taught things that are in the word that has been told us is a lie and it's not for us. Gee was Okay. I'm gonna, there, there's so much, I'm going to stop here. This is the last thing I'm going to say. A house divided against itself will not stand. Jesus says if you speak and believe, and we have a lot of Christians speaking to the mountain, saying they believe, but the mountain is still there. A house divided, if your mind says you get amazing things and your spirit man says yes, yes, yes. But as soon as a disconnect happens here, yeah, that's a house divided and it can't happen. So, in the subconscious mind, there are lies, there are fears that hide away. And when your conscious and subconscious are not in line, when they are divided, what you're saying will not happen because of your subconscious disbelief that this is not changed. 1 Corinthians 4, verse 20 For the kingdom of God is not in word. This is what it means. But when the kingdom shows up and you can see the results of the kingdom, you can't argue with that. Been here for 20 years. He's been, he's been reborn, following God longer than I've been alive. That's honor. As long as I have been walking this face of God's green earth, he's been a Christian, following God. That's amazing. We honor you, Father. We honor you as this father of this house, and thank you for that. But you know what? He said last week, out of his mouth, I have to change the way I live. After 48 years of serving God, he said, I have to change the way I live. Because I'm aware of a new paradigm. I'm aware of a new something that God is doing. I've been here for 20 years, never seen this, never done, but we have the opportunity to step into something now, and I have to change and the anointing flows from the head down. We've had people now. We've had Brett. We've had Arun coming. We've had people talk about things that we have not heard. We have not, which eyes not seen, ears not heard, and we're busy seeing that. And for us as Harvest Renewal Church, I truly believe God is saying, "What is your why?" And if you're wise to come here on a Sunday and have coffee and sing and go home. And that definitely does not make you cry because there are churches down the road that do that who don't even believe in God. Harvest in your church, what is your why? Our doctrine should be oneness with him, nothing else. Because out of that oneness, everything else will flow. But if you're looking at the fruits and trying to make fruit, this is right, this is wrong. But your root is wrong. The tree is just not going to produce. But if you can get the root right, your oneness with him, seated in heavenly places, that is who we are. The, the, the tree will just automatically grow that fruit. So we are here today, I believe, just before 2020 with an absolute opportunity. That God is saying, should you want to be part of this? And signs and wonders, the Bible says, you know, don't go after them, but it says signs and wonders will follow those who believe. It's not that we follow signs and wonders, they follow us. We don't go after this meeting, they have that and that meeting. No, where we go, that should be happening if it's not something is wrong. Because these signs shall follow those who believe. Time will change, cancer will disappear, heart attacks will not happen, golden teeth. All of these things will happen if you believe. These things are possible to those who believe. And we today have an opportunity to say, man, I, it's completely new. I've never seen, I've never heard. This is a completely new paradigm, but it's an invitation. And today you have the opportunity to say yes, and you have the opportunity to say no. And you know what? The most amazing, well, for me, Whether you say yes or whether you say no, God's going to love you the same. It's not about his love and how much he loves you. It's already settled. It's okay to say no. You're not going to change God's love for you because his love is unconditional. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. But man, how different would life be if you do believe? How different would life be if you really are able to be one of those who go and lay hands on the sick every single time and do what Jesus did? How amazing would it be when someone says, this is happening, that's so bad, and you walk out the mind of Christ in this dark and deadly world. We have that opportunity to step in today, end of 2019, to say yes to everything God has for us in 2020. I'm done. Time's up. I'm not going to. Do you want to thrive or do you just want to survive? Do you want to get to heaven one day because you are, if you're reborn, or do you want to bring heaven down to here? Do you want to come here Sunday after Sunday after Sunday and tick off the box? Or do you want the box following you? Ticking off miracle after miracle after work after what God has done. Because it's your decision. It's my decision. It's our decision as a house. And we need to say yes or we need to say no. And if it's a yes and you don't think it's for you, praise God. There is a place for you. It's wonderful. God has different places that you can serve and do everything. But he's looking for a people that will worship him in spirit, not through your five senses, and in truth. Not through the doctrine of men that make the word of God to no avail. Because where the spirit is, there will be freedom. Do you want to be free? You know what it means to be free? When there's no money to make money. When there's no food to make food. Yes. Where there's sickness and disease to bring healing. That's freedom. Yes. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Yes. So where you are right now in that chair, make a decision. Father, we come now. We thank you for this word, Holy Spirit. We just thank you for speaking to us. Yes. We just come as this body, a part of the body of Christ. And Lord, I'm, <laughs> I'm saying yes. Yes. I believe so many in this room are saying yes, and this whole right corner here, you bunch of youngsters, you do not have a choice. You will say yes. You will say yes. You will see things that we have not seen. You will do things we have not done, but we have a decision. We have a choice to make right now before God, so Father, you know our hearts, you are in our hearts, our hearts are with you. We are in you, and you are in us, seated in heavenly places, and we are Called to rule and to reign and to do what Jesus did as we grow up into the fullness of Christ. Nobody else is our example but Jesus Christ. So we thank you, Holy Spirit, that you do lead. You are the counselor, the teacher, the comforter. You are the teacher of the church. Not sickness, not disease, not lack, not famine, but you teach us. So we open ourselves to every lesson that you in your goodness and wisdom bring forth in our lives. We bless you this day. We thank you for your grace, your mercy, and for another opportunity to say yes. Another opportunity to say, I want more. I want to go deeper. I'm not satisfied where I am and with what I have because I know there is more in you you take us, as your word says, from faith to faith and glory to glory. So thank you that you're working in us. Thank you that you're inviting us. And we bless you and we love you in the name of Jesus. Have a blessed, wonderful day. Thank you so much. Prayer team.